Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to challenge the way you think about your faith at work, today we're talking about workplace evangelism and talking about a tool called the Evangelism Study Bible. And we've got author and speaker, Dr. Larry Moyer, back on the I Work For Him show with us. But before we bring him on, let's read this verse. Matthew five fourteen through 16 says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Why? Because it would catch on fire. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. That's what we're supposed to be in the workplace, a light in a dark place. And so I'd like to welcome back to the I Work For Him show, Dr. Larry Moyer. Thank you. Good to be back with you, Jim. You know, as I studied uh, Dr. Moyer, Larry, if it, can I call you Larry? Is that Okay. That's fine. I prefer that. Okay. When I was, I, I studied a little bit, you know, the last time I did the interview, for some reason I didn't catch all of the, the significance of what led you to be doing evangelism. And I think more than anything, people need to hear the story of how you prayed to God and said, Lord, if you just can give me lips that I can speak with, 
I want to use them for your glory and for your honor. And that's what led you to being, you know, studying evangelism and teaching evangelism all these years. You've got an incredible testimony. Share that for my listeners, if you would. Well, I came to Christ on a dairy farm in Pennsylvania through the sport of hunting. God actually took me from the creation, the creator of Christ, and uh, I came to Christ through the sport of hunting because it led me to Bible study, and I trusted Christ one night on my knees on the dairy farm uh, uh, one evening after having studied the Bible and found out Christ was the only way to heaven. And from the day I was saved, the one thing I wanted to do was be an evangelist. That's all I wanted to do. I was born with an inherited speech defect, inherited from my dad's side of the family. Uh, that was so severe, I could not pronounce the word T-H-E, the. I could not pronounce that word uh, for the life of me. And uh, so one day, senior high school, with my head between my hands, so no one could see I was crying because I had just been ridiculed, what seemed like the 550th time, I told God, if you will help me with this defect, I will always use my voice for you. Starting that week, I started to have control I'd never had in my entire life. And then that year, speech therapy brought me to where I am today. But I told God that day, that week, that if you were helping this defect, I'll always use my voice for you. And that's when I started to have a control I'd never had before. And again, then with the year, speech therapy brought me to where I am today. But when you come from that kind of background, you don't take one opportunity for granted. It does not matter if it's an audience of 10 or an audience of 10,000. Mm. And, and that's that's a powerful story. When you start off, you know your passion for evangelism is notable. I mean, it's all over the internet. But to understand where that passion came from and the gift came from, it's so important to recognize that God does care about those intimate details of our lives. He 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 used this defect, this speech you know, impediment, as you want to call it, uh, to shape your character to the point of humility, where you said, "All right, Lord, if you'll if you'll give me freedom from this impediment, I'll use it for your glory and for your honor." And that's powerful because that was how many years ago? Yes, when I was about early teens, early teens. And I'm uh, now 67, so it was obviously many years ago, and uh, or 50 years ago. But uh, uh, you just when you come from that kind of background, yeah, I mean, God just really broke me big time. The one thing I've never been accused of, hope I never am, is pride, because God broke me so much in high school that that uh, just kept me uh, in a broken spirit the rest of my life. Now, so when you, you, you said to the Lord, okay, listen, I, I, I've got these, if you'll give me the lips to speak, I'll use them for you. But then how did that turn into evangelism? I mean, because, you know, evangelism is one of those things where not a lot of people set out to speak on and teach on evangelism. They like to speak and teach on Old Testament this and New Testament that, but evangelism is one of those things where, you know, it's a it's people don't understand it mostly, and it's a lost art mostly. How did that become the passion of your life for the last over forty years? Well, I I think one reason was because uh, I just you know one thing I wanted to do was be an evangelist. I saw Billy Graham one night on TV, and I was so impressed that he was standing before people to tell him how to get to heaven. I thought, man, that's how I want to spend my life. I want to stand before people and just tell them how to get to heaven. I had no idea how famous he was. That did not intrigue me in the least. But just to stand before people, and obviously it was a gift God gave me. Um, when I was saved, God gave me that gift. And, and as I grew in the Lord, I just had increasing passion to talk to the lost. When I saw him doing I thought, that's what I want to spend my life doing. I just want to spend my life telling people how to get to heaven. 
Well, and now you founded even even tell ministry in 1973. You know, and and I can understand because Billy Graham was just coming on the national sector in the early 70s, and really the international uh, screen. You know, in the in the early 70s. You know, so what caused you to found that ministry? Uh, I fell as I grew in the Lord. I went to my undergraduate schooling at Philadelphia College of Bible. It was in Philadelphia College of Bible. I thought that had to be a ministry committed to making the gospel clear, because I would have come to Christ even probably sooner if somebody explained it to me clearly. I thought there needed to be a ministry committed to a careful healing of the Bible, because so many times the scriptures are mutilated in evangelism instead of talk correctly. And then a ministry committed to grace. By grace you're saved, by grace you're sent. I think evangelism is a privilege you do not deserve. I despise guilt trips, because I don't think God motivates us in basic guilt. And I thought it had to be a ministry committed to those three things, the clarity of the gospel, carefulness, scripture, and grace. And that's what motivated me to start an intel. Mm. Yeah, and, and I love the way you just said that, that you really want to make sure that the gospel was presented clearly, because it is often muddled with all kinds of religion, and, and, it's, and it's a simple, clear message that needs to be presented, and, and, and we try to do it every day on this show, if not every other day, but to make sure that people understand how much they are loved by their Heavenly Father, and that they were so loved by their Heavenly Father that before, while we were yet sinners, He died for us. And to provide a way for us to have a relationship with him so that our sins could be taken care of by Christ on the cross and by Christ dying on the cross for your sins and my sins and then rising from the dead to be our savior, to be able to put our faith and trust in somebody that is so worthy of our trust. You know, the gospel presentation is so powerful. And then to put the scriptures on either side of that, but yet you're, you're often you can hear somebody talk for a whole hour presenting the gospel when really it's a simple message. Yeah, I always heard Christ died, but what I did not hear understand is Christ died for me. He took my place, he was my substitute. So through his death on the cross and resurrection, eternal life is completely free, that you cannot earn it by going to church or being baptized. It's a free gift that comes through trust in Christ. And that's so simple, that one thing I never heard. Yeah, it's the simpleness of the simplicity of the gospel is what usually trips people up. And and I think God knew that. I mean, it, I really believe that he knew that because it's it people get so it's so easily trapped in religion instead of the simplicity of the gospel. And it gets so messed up. You know, when we talked last fall on the show, we really focused a ton on workplace evangelism and your and your book, How to Share Christ in the Workplace. You know, why do you feel it is so important that every Christ follower should be equipped to share our faith, no matter whether that's our gifting or not? Well, the big reason, Jim, is the first thing Christ ever taught disciples was not how to be a good husband, how to be a good wife, how to raise your children, how to spend your money, how to arrange your priorities. The first thing he ever taught them was evangelism. Matthew four nineteen. follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And therefore, you're going to follow after Christ as a disciple then the one thing you've got to in some way be involved in is evangelism. Uh, and that's one reason. The other reason is today people are so approachable because of the insecurity. I think if you really want to make a difference, one of the best ways is take advantage of our day and introduce people to Christ. Mm. And, and really, you say take advantage of our day. People today live hopeless. I mean, the majority, a large majority of people live today without hope because they don't know that hope is there. 
I mean, they really live hopeless lives. I can't imagine living a hopeless life. And really, the gospel presents the hope that everybody's been looking for, but they just didn't know it was there. Exactly. I love to tell people, when you know Christ, you live as a person prepared to die, then die as a person prepared to live. And that's hope like you've never seen before. Mm, It really is. It's so powerful. Have you ever struggled in sharing your faith? Have you ever struggled with the mission of being an evangelist? If someone says they haven't, Jim, there's a good possibility they're not being honest with you. Because <laughs> you everybody just say struggles. It. He's Larry, just say it. If somebody says that they've never struggled with it, they're lying. I mean, come on. Yeah, because everybody struggles. Now, the more you learn how, the more it helps in that area, because you find out it's not as difficult as you think. But there are still times they'll say, Lord, overcome my fear. Because everyone alive has moments when you fear when it comes to evangelism. Mm. So when you wrote your your book, How to Share Christ in the Workplace, what was your motivator for writing that book? I got my doctor of ministry degree from Gordon Conwell in Boston on Christianity in the workplace. I was really blown away by the opportunity people have in the workplace. But when I looked at workplace books, so many of them told me, you got to be a person of integrity. you got to be a person who, uh, you know, makes a gospel attractive to your life. My problem was everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. If you don't have credibility, you're not going to have uh, someone listen to you. What I found out they were hurting, though, is they still did not know how to know how to turn a conversation, did not know how to present the gospel, did not know what to pray for in evangelism. So my burden was to write a book that would give them the how-to in terms of how to evangelize in the workplace. Not simply talk about character issues, but talk about conversation issues. Mm. And it is true. I would I would challenge the one statement you made because everybody knows that. But I will tell you that most people do not know that their faith applies to the workplace. That that you you had you got your doctorate in it. I will tell you that the majority of Christ followers, a large majority, eighty ninety percent of them, when I talk to them about, hey, did you know that your workplace is your mission field? That people look at me and they're like. Nobody's ever said that before. When you ask the average pastor how many missionaries they send out of their church, they may say, you know, we support 10 missionaries around the world. Instead of, we've got 2,000 missionaries. They go out every day. And it's, so it's a paradigm shift that needs to, to shift in the church because I, I, I apologize. I don't mean to correct you. You do have a doctorate. I don't. But most people don't know. But, and then, so they really don't know that they're supposed to be an evangelist there because they're thinking they don't even know that they're actually, that's their mission field. Oh, I couldn't agree more, because the idea that a pastor's in ministry and you're not is totally unbiblical. If you're serving the Lord where you are, you are in full-time ministry. No matter what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, you're a missionary as much as anyone who goes to Thailand or uh, Africa or anywhere else. Uh, when we come back from our break, we're going to take a short break. I, I, I'm excited to announce to everybody out here that you've actually taken a study Bible and and made it the evangelism study Bible with the notes from your ministry practice, from your ministry expertise over the last 40 years, and you've incorporated that throughout a Bible. Uh, and, and so just in the last 30 seconds before we go to our break, what prompted you to get this project started? Uh, I think the thing that taught me was, we're 2,000 years this side of Christ, there's every kind of study Bible out there, but none on evangelism. And I thought, man, the one place we need evangelism study Bible is that. And I thought, if we could put together our notes throughout the Bible, it shows God's heart to the lost throughout the Bible, and encrypt them, then that will be a ministry like that's not available right now. We're talking with Dr. Larry Moyer, 
author and speaker about workplace evangelism, a book that we talked about last fall, and his brand new Evangelism Study Bible. And if you have a question for Dr. Moyer about evangelism in the workplace, call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. As we do each and every day this time of the show, it's time for a book highlight segment brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Karis Christian Books and Gifts has been part of the Largo community for over 29 years. Located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Ulmerton Road in Largo. Their 2,400 square foot store is open to the public seven days a week. Check them out online at shopcaris.com. That's shop, C-H-A-R-I-S dot com. Be the first person to call into the studio line at 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. And I'll send you a copy of the book we're highlighting today. Compliments of my wife, Martha, and Karis Christian Books and Gifts, and Dr. Larry Moyer. Our book today is the Evangelism Study Bible, written by Dr. Larry Moyer and 40 other people over 1,500 years. Let me give you a short explanation. For more than 40 years, even tell Ministries, an evangelism training and outreach ministry in Dallas, Texas, has focused on one mission, the gospel. Clear and simple. Founded by Dr. Larry Moyer, Eventel Ministry touches millions of lives each year with evangelism materials, evangelism training, and outreach events. Now those four decades of experience in training believers to share the good news in a clear and simple fashion has been paired with one essential tool for evangelism. God's Word. Imagine that. Evangelism Study Bible provides all the tools needed for sharing the gospel in a clear, simple, and guilt-free way. Larry, what else do you want to add to that? Well, that you, you summed it up all pretty well. It has devotions, it has tips, it has study notes, all designed to encrypt an evangelism. It's, not, uh, it's, it's simply an evangelism Bible, so that Genesis and Revelation, you can see God's heart for lost people. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, so listen, we got a copy to give away. At, uh, call into the studio line. Let me just make sure, Ivan, did somebody already call and get it? Okay, no, okay. Call into the studio line now, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. And remember, Hollywood has tried to write a movie about this, but it's don't wait for the movie because they're not going to do one on evangelism. Read the book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, make sure you call into the studio line if you want to get a copy of the New King James Version of the Evangelism Study Bible from Genesis to Revelation filled with 40 years of notes from our spe- from our guest today, speaker and author, Dr. Larry Moyer, 855-265-2929. Larry, what was, the, what was your favorite part about writing the notes for this Bible? Larry? Was it take the... Hello? Okay, we, we, we're good. Go ahead and answer the question. Okay, I, I think my favorite part was looking at the topics that need to be addressed, everything from fear to discouragement to whatever, responding to the unsaved to insult you, that kind of stuff, whatever, and seeing where would be the best place to address that. That would be in fitting with uh, something addressed in, uh, in Scripture. We're always concerned about handling Scripture property. So it's taking the different topics and the challenge was you had to spread the mouth throughout the whole Bible, of course, but where would be the best place to address those issues? And then the second one would be correcting misunderstandings. Like there's a verse in Ezekiel that God says, if I tell the wicked they're going to die and you don't warn them, I will cry their blood of your hand. And people use that to say, if you have a chance to witness and don't, they go to hell, it's your fault. That is absolutely such a mishandling of that text, because that text is not even talked about evangelism. 
and just the opportunity to correct misunderstandings when the scripture has been held, when, when, uh, when the scripture has been taught incorrectly. Well, the cool part about this Bible, not only does it have all your years of notes and wisdom packed in throughout the Bible, it's also a study Bible, and it's the new King James Version, so it's a lot easier to read than the original King James Version, which was written 400 years ago. So get a copy today. Call into the studio line, 855-265-2929. All right, we're talking about workplace evangelism and the new Evangelism Study Bible with author and speaker, Dr. Larry Moyer. Welcome back to the I Work For Him show, Larry. Thank you, Jim. Always good to be with you. You know, it's a fantastic piece of literature. Obviously, the Bible has got such a vibrant history, written over 1,500 years by over 40 authors in how many different countries? It's like four or five different countries, isn't it? Yes. You know, when you, what made you choose to do a study Bible? Uh, because I, we thought to equip people properly. You not have to just read something on evangelism, but really have to provide some in-depth articles. And the advantage of the study Bible, it gave us a chance to do devotions, tips, in-depth articles, and how-to articles, because they all consume what would be called a study Bible. Mm. And it's powerful. Now, what made you choose the King James Version, the new King James Version? Uh, we want to use the one that was the most universally acceptable okay. uh, and was less likely to change. Uh, we were going to go with another version. At the last moment, they changed it, and thank goodness we didn't because we had to go back and revamp all of our notes. And so we wanted to go with one that was most universally acceptable and least likely to change. Ah, very good, very good. Well, I've got a copy in front of me, and you guys sent it to me so we could give it away. What would you say, I mean, as, as we want people to call into studio line, we got one copy to give away today. When you talk about this valuable tool, what is your favorite part about the, the work that you did here on the Evangelism Study Bible? I think the favorite part is the how-to articles, uh, because there's over 85 how-to tips and articles like that. And I think the how-to is what really people want. Don't tell me what I need to do. Tell me how to do it. I love that. I'm sitting in Proverbs uh, chapter 19. I'm looking at it on there. It says, uh, how to keep from offending people in evangelism. So that's one of those 80 articles that you wrote on how to. But it says, realize that sensitive people usually do not offend. Do not live in the past. Examine yourself. Learn the value of a compliment. Don't water down the gospel. Recognize that a degree of tension can be healthy and comes with the territory. So, I mean, it, just great practical stuff. A little bit, almost a whole page of writing on how to keep from offending people in evangelism. So if you want to call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, win a copy of the Evangelism Study Bible, 855-265-2929. All right, Larry, so let's talk about the project a little bit and, and your heart for evangelism. Because God had laid that on your heart all those 40 years ago, 41 years ago, going on 42 years ago when you, when you founded Even Tell Ministries. You know, how long did you work on this study Bible project? Six years. <laughs> the six-year project. Most people can't focus on a project for three days, let alone six days, but six years. That's a lot of dedication. Yes, it is. It took a lot of hard work and dedication. We just stuck in there, knowing the outcome would be worth it all. So what was involved in putting together a study Bible project? I mean, that's, I mean, obviously the scriptures are already written, and you had already been writing a lot of articles and, and good informative stuff for people on understanding the, the way to evangelize. But what was involved in this huge project? Well, I tell people, always remember, 
I might be the author of the notes, because I did most of the writing. I'm not the author of the Bible. <laughs> right, no, God I... wrote the Bible. <laughs> I'm just the author of the notes. And uh, what was involved was uh, studying through, first of all, Genesis Revelation, where could we make an appropriate in-contact comment on evangelism? And then, secondly, where could we come through with tips, devotions, and articles? Now, some of it had been written, and we could bring in from other sources some stuff in books that we had written, like Show Me How to Share Christ in Workplace. But some of it was original things that we had to write. So, and that's really what, what when you, when I read Show Me How to Share Christ in the Workplace, I mean, it was really just how to effectively do it. And it's not about some tried and true method, but it, it, it's about being effective. Because really, the major part of effectiveness is having the ability to listen to the Spirit and look for opportunities to recognize when people may be open to the Spirit and may be open to, to actually having that kind of conversation. When you look at that, uh, when you, the words... How to share your faith effectively. How does using your evangelism study Bible help people to do that? Well, several things. First of all, it just reminds you of the simplicity of the gospel. We tell people the Bible is six, six books, the gospel is ten words. Christ died for sins, rose from the dead. It tells you the meaning of saving faith, the trust in Christ alone. It teaches you a message you need to share Christ, the bad news, good news. And then it answers particular problems. How do I turn a conversation into personal things? How I answer objections, how do I overcome fear, all of which are important in one-to-one witnessing. Mm. And, and that's it's so powerful. When, when you've now, how long has the Evangelism Study Bible been out? Uh, since last November. Okay, so just the really four, three months ago. What's yes. been what's been the reaction on the street about? It? I mean, how are what kind of feedback are you getting from people on how it's helped uh, we them? Got, we, uh, we get great response. Uh, Probably the two biggest responses so far, one of which you hit on, Jim, was they love the practical nature of it. That is actually a how-to, a really encryption evangelism. That's what they love. And then they love the second thing they comment on is a combination of things. Tips, devotions, study notes, how-to articles, all that. And those are two biggest comments we get, but people are really giving it a, a great review and a great rating. It is a powerful resource for anybody to have. First of all, a lot of people, they don't, they got a Bible, they don't necessarily understand all the different things they need to understand. So the study Bible part of it is powerful. And then to have it all intertwined, woven with tips on evangelism, how to's on evangelism, and all things from your heart that God's laid out there for the last 40 years is such a valuable resource because when, when you get called home someday to heaven, this stuff all sits behind and will be invested and it's on paper and it can go, I'm sure it's on the internet too somewhere, because you know eventually this Bible will be completely electronic. And, uh, well, is it electronic? Can people download an electronic, buy a downloaded no, electronic copy? Right now they can't. They can't? No, yeah. no right now they can't. But, uh, I mean, you put your finger on something. One of my goals when I started Intel was God really burdened me on a ministry that would outlast me. And this is something that will outlast me. Oh, it, it definitely will. I mean, and it's a it's a it's a fantastic resource. All right, well, I want to end the discussion on the the Bible for now, but I want to just invite our listeners to call in if you want to get a copy of the brand new Evangelism Study Bible, New King James Version. I've got one copy to give away today. 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. Larry, I want to, I want to turn the conversation a little bit into specifically on workplace evangelism because you know we're talking this is a workplace show and we're trying to encourage Christ followers to recognize their workplace as their mission field and a lot of times as as 
you said earlier, people are very fearful on even broaching the subject of evangelism in their workplace. So, so how can we encourage, let's encourage some people over the, in the last quarter hour of the show on, on, on really bringing their faith alive in the workplace. Well, I would say, first of all, always remember, when you're praying, talk to God first. Don't talk to him last, talk to him first. And you can, God hears whispers of the heart, so the whole time I'm contemplating, talk to the lost person, I can say, God, overcome my fear. Secondly, learn a method, because people are consistent company. I have a basic method they use to share the gospel. Sometimes you have to come into it differently, come out of it differently, but anyone who's consistent has a basic method they use. And those are two of the biggest things I would say. And then the third thing is, if I would add a third thing is, do it. Because there's so much you learn by doing it that you just cannot trade, that God teaches you through experience, and God responds to obedience. God honors obedience. And so when you do it, you learn so much through experience. Mm. All right, so talk to God first. Explain what you meant there. And you're just saying, well, go ahead, I'll let you explain. You're the doctor. So when you, you mean talk to God first, what do you mean specifically? Uh, uh, say, God, give me boldness. That simple request. God, give me boldness. Uh, one of the number of things you're encouraged to pray for in is boldness. And so in the disciples, in the book of Acts, pray for boldness. And so what I mean is, boldness needs to overtake fear. Fear cannot overtake boldness. People evangelize you don't do it without fear. They do it in spite of fear. So you say, God, please give me boldness. And God gives you boldness and overcomes fear instead of vice versa. Hmm. And, and that is... It is so powerful. A lot of times people are praying and they're and they're praying for, you know, like a new job or a, a new car, or maybe health or something like that. But the boldness to share the gospel is something not a lot of people are sharing or praying. And, and, it, and it's one of those things. That's our job. I mean, no matter where we are, we're supposed to be a representation of Christ and have that ability to share what Christ has done in our lives. And that boldness to be, to get over that fear, to get over that step, that's a tough one. When you first started sharing your faith, Larry, um, what were some of the things that you had to overcome? This this boldness that you're praying for, what were some of the oppositions that you felt? Uh, not knowing how a person would respond, the question, would you lose a friend, would you not answer objections, that kind of stuff. And that's where most people are. When they contemplate evangelism, they say, I don't know if I'll be able to answer objections. That's a big thing out there. I'll, know, I'll be able to answer questions. Uh, will they reject me? Those are two big things, that unable to answer questions and a fear of rejection. Mm. You know, and I, w- I would agree. And most of that is, you know, people that are going to go door-to-door evangelizing or maybe evangelize in a park, those things would be very, very common uh, because, you know, you, you're more effective in evangelism. Not all people, but most people are more effective in evangelism in relationships. Where And that's why we talk about that in a workplace, that when, when you've got a relationship with somebody and all of a sudden you recognize an open door, it is much easier to, to overcome objections because you're not really look you're not pounding something down somebody's face. You're sharing something from your own heart. And people can't object when you start to tell them, hey, let me tell you what Christ did for me. Nobody can, yes. nobody can object to that. When you, start, when you start saying, hey, let me argue the Bible with you, well, people can object to those things. But nobody can ever argue that point on, let me, let me tell you what Jesus did in my life. Yeah, comments made, the person's experience always has it or person with an argument. The only thing I add to that is, as long as it's a God-given experience, <laughs> a person with a God-given experience, and that's what conversion is, a God-given experience, always has it or a person with an argument. 
Mm. All right. So you said, number one, talk to God first in order to be able to, to, to uh, overcome the fear of rejection and, and just learn to be able to just be bold and not worry about overcoming rejections and really allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you. That was your number one. Number two was learn a method to share the gospel. There's a lot of different choices and, and methods. W- what is your favorite method for sharing the gospel in simplicity and with clarity? Uh, my favorite method is uh, the bad, we we have the author bad news good news approach. Uh, there's nobody alive can identify bad news good news, and we have the author bad news good news approach. You can share with anybody, anywhere, at any time. Each bad news good news has two points, two verses, two illustrations. You can really learn it in 15 minutes. Uh, people can go on our website evangel.org and uh, see it there. But uh, it's, uh, people have called it Jim the biggest condition. Evangelist made to Christianity, and people love it because they can remember it. Uh, it did not take me more than two years of evangelism to find out that if you want to get people out there doing it, they have to have a method that was so simple they could remember it when they were scared to death and talking an unsafe person. Right, because when you're fearful, all of a sudden you you get your fight or flight uh, you know response inside of you, and all you can think of is running, but you can't really think of what you're supposed to remember. Yeah, I totally agree. That's like those people that really aren't comfortable speaking in front of crowds. They may have a fantastically prepared speech, but they get in front of the crowd and they can't move their lips. So that that's why it's so important. So I love that. So the bad news, good news version, and I can I'll post that tonight on Facebook right off your website, evantel.org. All right, you said, and then practice, do it, actually share the gospel, do it, practice. You didn't say the practice makes perfect, but that's what it means to me. Go out and start doing it and, and watch how God can work through you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you can't say, God, overcome my fear, and what you do, I'll go evangelize. You say, I'll go evangelize, help you overcome my fear. And you ask, and you ask for that as you are obeying. Again, you can't, same with turning conversation. You can't say, Lord, once you've taught me how to turn a conversation, then I'll go evangelize. You say, Lord, help me turn a conversation as I go evangelize, because he teaches you as you're doing it. God directs a moving object. <laughs> well, and that's often the case, isn't it? When, when we learn something, the way we learn things best and get it down is by practice. It's, you know, the first time we got behind the wheel of a car as teenagers, you know, we had to think about everything. I'm going to hit the gas pedal now and I'm going to hit the brake and I'm going to avoid that person swerving at me. And now I'm going to turn my blinker on and now I'm going to turn my blinker off and I'm going to put my seat. I mean, we think about all those things, but after you do it for 40 years or 50 years, all of a sudden it becomes second nature. You don't even think about it anymore. Yes. And that's why the more the people that, for example, I tell people that people that do a good job of turning conversation do it well because they do it often. Because the often you do it, you build up a whole repertoire of how you turn a conversation. And you really learn how to do it by doing it. All right, that's fantastic. When we come back, Larry, I'd really like to talk about your website and direct people to your website and talk about all of the fantastic resources that are out there for them as they learn to share their faith, not only in the workplace, but with their families and in their neighborhoods. All right, we've been talking all hour long with Dr. Larry Moyer, author and speaker, and really an author of a brand new study Bible released back in November 2014 called the Evangelism Study Bible, at the very heart of how God has maneuvered and transformed Larry Moyer's heart. 40 years of notes, all on evangelism, spread throughout the Gospels, spread throughout the entire scriptures in the New King James Version. The Evangelism Study Bible 
Call right now to get your copy, 855-265-2929. If nobody calls now, it's going on Facebook, and I got a ton of people on Facebook that listen later. They're going get to co- get a chance at this. Call right now if you want to get a copy. Larry, when, what I wanted to welcome back to the I Work For Him show, Larry. Thank you. It's always good to be with you. I want to really focus on your website, because your website is chock full of fantastic resources. So it's Evantel, or I'll, I'll say Evantel, E-V-A-N-T-E-L-L dot O-R-G. You've got so much stuff out there. Tell me what people can, will find when they get out there on the on the Evantel website. Well, they will find all the materials we have available for training, first of all. And, and as you said, we have a host of things for youth, young people, for uh, uh, children, for young people, for adults. You also find we have things available for the workplace, for the church, colleges and seminaries, and then things like crisis pregnancy centers and disaster relief agencies. Uh, we train all those four areas. We train community groups like, again, pregnancy resource centers. We train uh, uh, academic. We train church. And we train the workplace. And so they'll find things. The other thing they'll find is actually some online training they can take. Uh, in, uh, uh, one's called the ACT Training, ACT. The other is called Four Segments of Workplace Training. And they can actually take some online training on the work in those areas. Now, and I see, so the, all this material that's out there on the website, did you put all that out there, or do you got a staff of people that help you put all that great stuff out there? Because it is, a it's a lot of people. Okay. The Lord's given us a tremendous staff, and uh, the staff of people have put that up there. Because mm, it's great stuff. Now, now, as we close out, let me just hit really briefly. I grabbed one article out there that I really, really liked. It said, four evangelism mistakes and how to avoid them. It was an article I just pulled out. I'm like, well, this is really interesting. It, and it says that mistakes are valuable teaching instruments as long as we learn what they have to teach us. What are four common mistakes believers make in evangelism and how can we learn from them? And, and, and let's just go through these really quickly to give people an idea of the powerful resources that are out there on eventel.org. Okay, it says the victim's number one mistake that people make is the victim of extremes trap. What's that all about? Uh, we can be victim extreme. On the one hand, there are people who don't know what TACP means, tact. They never practice it, they can't pronounce it. On the other hand, there's some people who are tactful, they never attack. <laughs> they never approach people. I don't mean attack in the wrong sense, in the right sense. They never approach them. And there's real balance between those two. All right, so tact. T-A-C-T, I like that. I've been accused of not having tact at some times. Right, but that's, I guess, what makes me a decent radio talk show host. I don't know. Okay, so number one was victim of extremes. Number two was awkward transitions. What's that one about? Uh, we don't always have uh, a smooth transition when we go from one point to another. We simply just push right in there. And we're not looking at how we can tie our thoughts together. And, uh, you know, like simply like even with the bad news, good news. You know, after the Bible gives the bad news, it gives the good news. And the good, the bad news is something not everybody wants to hear, and the good news is something everybody wants to hear. Uh, and just knowing how to transition from one thought to another, uh, it's not just communicating, Jim, it's communicating clearly. Mm. And that, well, that's good, because that goes right into your number three point, confusing terminology. Yes. For example, the word believe, pistoio in the Greek, means to trust, to rely on, to depend on. So you come to God as a sinner, recognize Christ died for you, and trust in Him alone. Nothing else is your only way to heaven. Uh, and we discourage people, don't use phrases like, invite them into your heart, give your life to God. People mean well, but they can be very confusing. You know, say, say to a child, give your heart to God. 
might scare him to no end because how's he going to live? <laughs> and the, the thing is, scripture uses the word believe means to trust. So you use the term trust in Christ. Mm, powerful. And lastly, you say getting sidetracked. The number one of the evangelism mistakes that Christians make a lot: getting sidetracked. What's that mean? Uh, in other words, somebody brings up, uh, uh, but I don't believe in creation, and say it's a good thing to say. Well, that's a good point. Let me write that down here so you show your respect to Christian. And after I'm done going through this, then we'll go back and look at that. But try to keep them getting off track. If they bring up something not related, say, can I write that down here? When we're done, we'll go back to it and talk about it. That way we won't get off our track right now. Mm. Because if you get sidetracked, you get into all kinds of issues, and you never really explain the gospel. Now, it's interesting, once you explain the gospel, Jim, how many people, when you say, well, let's go back and talk about this, say, oh, that's not, well, that's not that important. Because when I find out he died for me, Everything else based in comparison. Yes, it does. That's fantastic. All right, that's all on eventel.org, E-V-A-N-T-E-L-L.org. Fabulous resources. All right, we're coming to the end of another I Work For Him show. You've heard Larry and I talk about Christ following, being a Christ follower, coming to a saving, trusting knowledge in Jesus Christ and the work that he did on the cross and rising from the dead. If you want to know more about becoming a Christ follower, email me, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at the number, uh, jim at iwork, the number four him.com, or you can go on to even Intel.org and also find out lots more about Jesus. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.